And say, show me your glory. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 54. In Isaiah 54, we, we, my wife and I, we tag team the first couple of Sundays. And, um, and, and just this aspect in our hearts, it's kept coming up, making room for harvest. Making room for harvest. And, and as we started meditating on what the Lord was speaking to us about making room for harvest, kept coming back to this, this chapter. And we're going to talk about, you know, uh, show me your glory here in a moment, but because this connects. You need, need to see this because in Isaiah 54, verse 1, God is speaking to this desolate woman. He's speaking to this barren woman, a woman that has nothing, who, who lacks, and tells her and prophesies and says that you're going to be greater than the other one. You're going to be greater than the other one. And, and see, a lot of times in our natural mind, if you were to hear that, that you were less than, that you didn't have anything, but all of a sudden a prophet comes to you and says that you're going to have more than the other one. Meaning you're going to become greater than what you currently are. You see, that's something that you have to receive by faith, right? Because, see, if you're looking in the natural, you're, you're, this woman's looking in the natural and it's like, I have nothing. I have no one. I, I don't have anything. How am I going to be greater then? See, in order for you to, 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 uh, to, for the greater, you're going to have to make room. And where you make room first is going to start in your heart. Making room is going to, making room in your heart, making room in your thought process of what God desires to do and what he wants to do in and through your life. You're going to have to make room. Say, make room. Make room. We talk about, you know, saying, God, show me your glory. You know what? You're going to have to make room in your heart to receive everything that he has for you. You know, he tells this woman in verse two, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left. And your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. You know, think about this, this woman, this, this prophet is going to this woman and saying, you know, I want you to enlarge. I want you to, I want you to stretch forth. I want you to increase. I want you to lengthen your stakes. Why? Because you're going to break out on the left hand on the right. But in the natural, you're like, I don't see it happening. You see, we talk about these being days of glory, days of flourishing and days of abounding. Well, a lot of times what's going to happen is because of your experience, because past experience, because your current condition, you're going to hit a lid in your thinking. You're going to hit a lid in your heart. So, so what we're encouraging you, the first part of this year is make room, make room for harvest, make room for expansion, make room for everything that God wants to do in your life because he wants to reveal himself to you in amazing ways, ways that you've never seen him move in your life before. I believe this is a new season. These are, we're going to see some things we've never seen before. Hallelujah. Extraordinary things in our life. And then immediately the prophet deals with, deals with what would hinder her. He immediately says to her, verse four, fear not for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be confounded for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of your youth and shall not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. You see, that's the thing that's going to limit you. The thing that's going to limit you from stepping into something greater is your past. The first thing he says, fear not. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't be confounded anymore. And the next verse in verse 5 says, for thy maker is thy husband. What I want you to make room in your heart for, and what we're continue talking about is, is the thing is, is you have to change your focus. 
So that's what the prophet said. You need to stop focusing on your fear. Stop focusing on what's not working. Stop focusing on, on what it was like when in your youth. Stop focusing on other things. Why? Because your maker, for your maker is your husband. It says in verse 5, For thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. So what does the Lord wants us to see? That the fact is, is that we always have to account for the God factor. Say that. I want to account for the God factor. You see, it had nothing to do with her making it herself. And that had nothing to do with her making her more. It had nothing to do with her. It had everything to realize who was going to bring it to pass. It had everything to do with God being faithful to his word. It's not about her. It's not about her becoming more. It's about God causing her to be more. It's about the God factor. You know, if we, we go to Exodus chapter 33, and Dr. Savelle talked about this last week, and he encouraged us to continue to say, show me your glory. You know what that is? That is saying, God, show me the God factor. Show me the God factor. Right now, Father, all I can see is this, but I thank you for revealing to me the God factor. See, we, see, too often we can focus on what it looks like right in front of us instead of focusing on the God factor. Every time that you wake up in the morning or you're looking at symptoms or you're looking at circumstances, you're looking at what it currently looks like, say, show me your glory. What are you saying? You know what? I'm looking for the God factor. I'm looking for the God factor to manifest in my life. You see, God wants you to become greater than what you already are. But it's not about you doing it in your own ability. But it's about saying, God, show me your glory. Reveal to me the God factor. Reveal to me the God factor. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. You know, as, as we say, show me your glory, it's, it's, a lot of times the word glory can be just a, a real religious word. And, and we may, you know, okay, show me your glory. What, what does that really mean? Well, I love how Dr. Savell has expounded, you know, the glory of God is the goodness of God. It's the power of God. It's the presence of God. You know, show me your glory. And as we continue to expound on that aspect of what his glory is, understanding that the glory of God is really God revealing his love to us, his mercy to us. So, so when you say, show me your glory, you're saying, Father, show me your mercy in this situation. Show me your love in this situation. Show me your goodness in this situation. Show me your glory. Saying, show me, asking God to show you his glory. What you're asking God to do is reveal his love and manifest his work. When you say, show me your glory, God, you're saying, Lord, reveal to me your love and mercy and reveal and, and manifest your work in my life. I woke up this morning I, and, and, and on the way here, I was saying, Father, show me your glory. Reveal to me your love and manifest your work. Show me your glory. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked another aspect about this glory. And then Corinthians tells us, that we see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
Meaning, if we look at, if we look at Jesus, we can see God's glory. When you look at Jesus and you see what Jesus did, you're seeing God's glory. Jesus, it says, was the exact representation. He was the visible representation of the invisible. So if we want to see, Jesus even told the disciples in John 14, if you want to see, see the Father, look at me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if we're looking at Jesus, we're seeing the glory of God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So if we realize and look at Jesus is the manifestation of the glory of God. And when I say, show me your glory, I'm seeing he revealed his love for me and he manifested his work in my life. What, What is the... A work of God. I, I like to say it's restoration. If you, if you look at creation or you look at the work at life of Moses, you look at the life and follow the life of Jesus, we see the love of God being released and we see restoration at work. You know, you know restoration it, it, it means this. It means to, to turn around and make a complete reversal. To turn something around and make a, a complete reversal. To leave, there's another definition for restoration is to leave your current situation and go to a completed destination. So when we talk about the glory of God, show me your glory, saying, God, I want you to reveal your love to me and I want you to manifest your work. Man, we see the glory of God throughout the life of Jesus. Amen. You know, looking at looking, I, I thought about the woman at the, the woman that was caught in adultery. And so here, here G, G, these men bring, bring this woman before Jesus and said, this woman's been caught in the act of adultery and, and you know, she should be stoned. And, and so Jesus sits down and he's writing on the ground and, and all of a sudden we know it says, you know, you know, he was out, out sin cast the first stone and, and one by one they all walk away and, and Jesus looks at the woman and says, where are your accusers? And says, there, there are none. And she, and he says to her, he looks at her, go and sin no more. You see, that is the glory of God showing up in that woman's life. What was happening? God revealed his love, but he also did a work of restoration. I think about the the demon-possessed man that was on the the island there of the Gadarenes. And Jesus showed up and, and, and he sets the man free. What happened? The glory of God manifested. What happened? He revealed God's love and he manifested his work. So when you say, God, show me your glory, what are you declaring? Father, thank you for revealing your love and manifesting your work in this situation. Show me your glory in my children. Show me your glory on my finances. Show me your glory in my workplace. And what are you declaring? Father, reveal to me your love. Manifest your love in this situation and do your work in this situation. Show me your glory. When I think about that statement, show me your glory, I... I just started just, just, just praying about this yesterday. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And just remembering, and as, as our founding pastor, Dr. Savell, just continue to say that. Show me your glory. Amen. Show me your glory. You know, what happens on the inside of you is it starts producing an expectancy. Amen. It, it starts producing an expectancy. It's, it's not just, okay, show me your glory. No, it's, it's, it's to a place where you have such an expectancy Amen. that God wants to manifest his love in your life. 
that God wants to manifest his work in your life. And it's not someday in the future, but he wants to manifest his glory in your life right now, Vic. Yes. Amen. Not someday in the future, but he wants to manifest himself in your life right now. And so you have to take, take a phrase, you know, of show me your glory and you have to make it a reality in your heart. Make it a reality. It's not just some, some religious phrase that we're choosing to say. Amen. It's not some sort of abracadabra magic trick. No, it's not like if I just say this enough, it's going to happen. No, it's saying it to the point where you truly believe what you're saying. Where you truly understand that God wants to reveal his love. God wants to manifest his work in your life, in your body, in your finances, in, in your life. Say, show me your glory. Hallelujah. He wants to manifest in your life. I love Psalms chapter 80. He, Psalms 8, he says, what is man? I love this, Jesus. What is man that you would care for him? Or the son of man that you would visit him? What is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you would visit him? I think it's Zephaniah 2 verse 7. It says that God shall visit them for their relief and restore them from captivity. You see, God doesn't just want to manifest just to manifest. You know, while we're, while we're singing and worshiping and, I, and, and, and while it was still and, and while the music was still going, you know, God is manifesting himself. God is man. It's not just to say, hey, didn't we feel God's presence today? No, God was speaking to hearts. God was ministering to hearts. God was ministering to people. God just doesn't show up to just say, hey, we felt God today. No, he wants you changed. He wants you inspired. He wants your faith built up. He wants you leaving this place knowing that you can do everything he called you to do. He wants you to leave this place knowing that he's real, knowing that he wants to touch your life, knowing that he saved you, knowing that he's healed you, knowing that he's delivered you. He wants you leaving with that understanding. So it's not just to say, didn't we feel God's presence today? So when I say, show me your glory, it's not just so I can feel his presence. But so I can leave changed, so I can be changed from the inside out, so I can think different, I can act different, I can love different, I can love more, I can love greater, I can, I can encourage more. See, the glory of God, the goodness of God, the power of God, and the presence of God, have you heard what I say this? It's not just about you, but it's about who you're going to affect it with, who you're going to touch it with. God desires to show us his glory. Say it again. Show me your glory. glory. And let, let that phrase produce an expectancy in your heart. Don't let it become just a religious phrase, but let it be a cry of faith. Let it be a cry of faith. You know, what is expectation? It is a looking forward to with an anticipation. It's a looking forward to with anticipation. It is this, it it is a looking forward to with a certainty. It's this, you know, I, I get excited about coming to church. Why? Because I have an expectancy in my heart for what God wants to speak to us. You know, years ago, 
Actually, I believe it was 1999, and I was at 30 Days of Glory at EMIC, and I just I just moved here, and and my parents had just dropped me off here, and and they they headed back home, and I was it was really my I think my first uh, night by myself here in Texas, and 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 so I went to 30 Days of Glory, and I remember sitting there, and so like I said, it was like September of 1999, and uh, and I remember I remember s- sitting there, and and um, someone, Mr. Copeland, I believe, was about to minister. And, and he was, and I heard this in my heart and the Lord said, every time you sit down to hear the word, I want you to say this in your heart, father, I count it an honor and a privilege to hear your word. And I said, he goes, he goes, because if you're not expecting to receive a word, you'll not get the word I want you to receive. And so, and so, so. Time, you know, and I might say, you never hear me say it out loud, but I, I'll sit down, Lord, I count it an honor and a privilege to hear your word. You know, I, I don't take being up here lightly. This is, this is a holy office to me. I, I, I'm not doing this for performance. I, I don't do this to be seen, but I come here expecting God to use me, to speak through me. You, you have to be expectant in your life. So when you say, show me your glory, it's not, it's not just saying a phrase, but saying, God, thank you for revealing your love to me. Thank you for manifesting your work. Thank you for restoring healing. Thank you for manifesting your power in my life. Restore my life. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse ten says, actually verse nine says, For in the law of Moses it is written, You shall not muzzle an ox when it's treading out the corn. It is only for oxen that, is it only for oxen that God cares? Or does he speak certainly and entirely for our sakes? Assuredly, it is written for our sakes because the plowman ought to plow in hope. And the thresher ought to thresh in expectation of partaking of a harvest. Now, I, I, I know this is, it's dealing with, with an aspect but I want, to, I want to focus on this aspect of expectation. It, it, when, when, when a farmer's plowing, he's not just plowing to plow. When a farmer's sowing something, he's not just sowing for the sake of sowing. But when, when a plowman does something, he's doing it with an expectation. When someone's reaping, it's not just for to no purpose. It's, it's with an expectation. So, so here, I, what I hear the, what Paul's saying here is if you're a plowman, you ought to plow in hope. If you're a thresher, you should thresh, meaning you're a reaper, you all should, ought, to, ought to be reaping with some sort of expectation. So too often in life, we're believing for harvest, but we have no expectation. You're believing for change in your life, but you have no expectation for change. And if you have no expectation for change, you won't make steps to change. See, it's not changing for change's sake. It's, it's changing with purpose. And it's having an expectation. If you're, if you're a plowman, when you're plowing, you're plowing. Why? With an expectation. So when I declare, show me your glory, I'm not just saying words. 
But I'm saying something with an expectation. Because if you, it says here, it says that if you're a thresher, you ought to thresh in expectation of partaking of a harvest. How many people want harvest? Are you, are you expectant? Are, are you expectant? See, there, the word has to come into our hearts because when the word is sown, what is the word doing? It's producing faith. And as we know, when the word is sown, either the enemy can steal it, will let the cares of this life you know, choke it out. So what are you doing with that word? Show me your glory. Are you letting it produce in you faith or have you let the enemy stealing it? Let's go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For whatever, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That by our steadfast and patient endurance and the encouragement drawn from the scriptures, we might hold fast to and cherish hope. I love this scripture. You people say, well, well, you know, the Old Testament isn't for today. Not according to this verse. It says, for, King James says, for whatever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So when, when something was written in the past, it's something that we should learn from, and it's something that if we allow it, it will produce hope in our lives. What is hope? Hope is expectancy. Hope is expectation. So when we talk about Moses asking God, I beseech you, show me your glory. You know what? I can learn from that. I can receive that. And I can allow what he said to get into my heart and do what? Allow it to build an expectancy in my heart. The the scriptures, they produce expectancy. That's why meditating the word is is, is so vital. That's why having a lifestyle in the word of God, reading, reading a chapter every day. That's why hearing the word is so important because ultimately it is to build a hope on the inside of us, build an unwavering expectation on the inside of us. So, so I've laid hold of this word. These are days of glory, days of flourishing and days of abounding. Hallelujah. So lay hold of that word to where it's producing an expectancy in my life. Hallelujah. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We have an expectation for His glory manifesting in our lives. We have an expectation for the love of God and the work of God manifesting in our lives. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For unto us was the gospel preached. No, the gospel is good news, right? Amen. Jesus came and he, he, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, amen? To set every single person free, right? And here here the writer of Hebrews says, for unto us the gospel was preached. Has the gospel been preached to you? The good news about Jesus has been preached to you? 
Where's the good news? The fact that his love was manifested in our lives, right? The glory of God was manifested in our lives through the face of Jesus Christ. Here it says, for unto us the gospel was the gospel preached as well as unto them. So here he's talking about to us and to them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So here he's talking about the children of Israel and he's talking about the body of Christ. So he's saying there's two things that you can do it because because the word was preached. The good news was preached in Moses's day. What was what, what was the message? I've come to set my people free and take them into a promised land. That was the that was the good news. That was the gospel. Moses told the people, hey, hey, I'm coming to get you out of bondage so we can go to the wilderness and we can worship God. It wasn't initially to go to the promised land. See, we like to focus on the promised land, but the bottom line was really it was to get them out of bondage to go worship God so God could now take them into the promised land. And so here the gospel was preached. He says to us, and it was preached to them. It said, but they did not mix faith with it. See, it's not just hearing a word. It's not just hearing a message. But the thing is, is are, are you mixing faith with what you're hearing? You see, the word is going to bring about an expectation. The, you have to mix an expectation with the word that we are hearing. Making room for harvest is about expectation. It, making room for harvest in your heart. Making room. See, God wants to do greater things through your life. But you know what? You need to make room and start seeing things differently. You need to allow him to, to open up your heart so you can see maybe what he's called you to do, what he's speaking to you, what church you need to be a part of, what ministries you need to be partnering with, what, 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 what relationships you need to be in. God wants to make room in your heart. Why? Because he wants to reveal himself to you in ways you've never known before. But make room. And, and, and part of making room in your heart is expectation. Expectation. If we plow, we need to plow in hope. If we thresh, we need to thresh or reap with an expectation that there's a harvest. Say, show me your glory. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word this morning. Matthew chapter 7. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Expectancy. Expectancy. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. says, you are the salt of the earth. I'm sorry, that's verse, chapter 5. Wrong chapter. It's weird. It's like on the same exact page. Different two pages over. It's kind of weird. You know, you have a Bible. It's like, I kind of know where it is on the page. And. Matthew 7, verse 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be open unto you. Now, now what, what is this here? This is all about expectancy. It doesn't say ask, and it might be given to you. It doesn't say seek, and you might find. And it doesn't say knock, and it could be open to you. No, this is, this is a, Jesus is talking in absolutes here. Yeah. Jesus is talking in, this is matter of fact. Yeah. 
Ask and you shall receive. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. So when we ask, show me your glory. So, so when you declare, show me your glory. Do, am I going to, well, he, he might. Is that expectation? No, no. Expectancy is, it, it's looking forward to with anticipation. Meaning, it's going to happen any moment. It's going to happen at any time. So therefore, I, when I ask, I will receive. You know what? When I seek, I will find. When I knock, the door will be open. Yes. So when I declare, show me your glory, I will see it. I will see it in my life and I will see it through my life. I, as a pastor, will see it in this church and will see it in this community. Show me your glory. Ask and you shall receive. Don't, don't put your prayer life over to, to tomorrow. I'm not saying you put time limits on God. I'm saying, I'm saying live with expectancy. It doesn't matter about the time frame. Live with expectancy. Live with expectancy. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Now, for everyone that asks, receives. Say everyone. Everyone. Say that's me. me. Woo! (laughs) You didn't didn't repeat that one, but. Now, think about it. Everyone that asks, receives. Man, this is matter of fact. You need to have an expectancy. That when, you see, the word says, I call unto him and he answers me and he shows me great and mighty things. Jeremiah 33, 3. Yeah. That's like, that's like 911 of the Bible. Yeah. Call unto me and I'll answer thee and I will show you great and mighty things. Yes. Everyone that calls upon me, everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be open. Or well, what man is there of you, whom if his son asks bread, will give him a stone? What man of you? Meaning, what natural man? What natural man? Thank you, Father. If you have a son asks bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, meaning natural men... Know how to give, give good gifts. Give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Amen. What is the glory of God? The goodness of God. Amen. Show me your glory. Reveal your goodness. Reveal your love. Manifest your work in my life. If me, as a natural father, as my natural father is here. He would give good gifts. They, they sacrificed so many things in my childhood. I know they did. If him being natural would know how to give good things to me, how much more would the Heavenly Father give good gifts? And I love good gifts here. It means treasures that exceed. Hallelujah. Treasures that exceed. If, if, if me have a heavenly, know how to give treasures that exceed. Hallelujah. Over in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Not might be, shall be. Shall be. Hungering and thirst is, is an is a attitude of desperation. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to, 
I'm going to be pressing into this. I'm, I'm so hungry. If I don't get something to eat, if I don't get something to drink, I'm not going to make it. Blessed are those that hunger and thirst, meaning they are expectant. They are hungry. They are pursuing. They are adamant. And that as, as they pursue this, they will, they shall be filled. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Expectancy. Make room for harvest in your heart. That woman in Isaiah 54, the desolate woman, God said, you'll be more than the other. But the answer isn't about how good you can be or how great you are, but it has to do with your focus. It has to do, and focus has to do with, expectancy has to do with focus. What are you focused on? What are you looking? Set your affection on things above, not on the things on this earth. For my life is hid with Christ in God. My, my focus is on him. My focus is on him. Why? Because I'm expecting him. I'm not expecting them. I'm not expect, I'm expecting him. Yeah, now God might use them, but I'm expecting him. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm expecting God, but you know, God's going to take care of my boss. I, I'm expecting God, you know, God's going to take care of, the, you know, God's going to open that door. Show me your glory. Have an expectancy in your heart and your life. Go back to Romans chapter 15 and I'll close. For the sake of time, I'm not going to go back to Hebrews 4, but in that, in that verse where it said they didn't mix faith with it. And it goes on and it talks about laboring to enter into a rest, Right? He continues to expound on this aspect of faith and faith is entering to a rest. And, and this, this whole aspect that, that, that he's trying to get to in the whole chapter of, uh, of Hebrews 4 comes down to the very end. It says, why, why should you enter to labor that rest? Why should you labor to enter that rest? Why? Because you have a high priest that's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. And it tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy in time of need. Entering into the rest and, and mixing our faith with that is about expectancy. See, you're not going to come boldly if you don't have expectancy. You're not going to come boldly to the throne of grace. That is enter. You know how you enter in rest and faith and expectancy is you come boldly to his throne. And you receive the grace in time of need. Man, the grace of God is also the glory of God. That's right. But that expectancy is, you know what? I'm going to come boldly because there's no one else in this world can give me an answer but God. That's right. And Isaiah 50 said, your maker is your husband. He's the answer. This is at Romans chapter 12, and I'll close with this. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. I'm sorry, Romans 15. Apologies. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The Scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, 
which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with the unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners. Just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partners. See, your, your, your expectation, your faith is not just about you, but it's about the body. It's about your brothers and sisters in Christ. It's about the kingdom of God. Verse 8 says, I'm convinced that Jesus, the Messiah, was sent as a servant to the Jewish people to fulfill the promise God made to our ancestors. And to prove God's faithfulness. And now because of Jesus, the non-Jewish people of the world can glorify God for his kindness to them, fulfilling the prophecy of scripture. Because of this, I will proclaim you among the nations and they will hear me sing praises to your name. In another place, it says, you who are not Jewish, celebrate life right alongside as Jewish people. And again, praise the Lord Yahweh, all who are not Jews, and let all the people of the earth raise their voices in praise to him. And Isaiah prophesied, an heir to David's throne will emerge, and he will rise up a ruler over all the non-Jewish nations, for all their hopes will be met in him. All their hopes, their expectations will be met in him. Verse 13, now may the God, the inspiration and fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. Hallelujah. Until you radiate with hope. Meaning this hope that you're learning in, from chapter, verse 4, that, that this, this hope that the scripture gives us, that, that, that hope would bring forth a praise. And out of that praise, it will continue to abound. And other people would understand your hope. Other people would get a hold of why you worship God. Other people would get a hold of why you praise God. And what is going to happen is that joy is going to overflow. That joy is going to fill. Perfect peace is going to manifest. And that hope will continue to abound. Hallelujah. 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 Show me your glory. Manifest your hope. Hallelujah. In our lives this morning. Hallelujah. Everyone stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. Expecting. I'm expecting 2018 to be like no other year. I'm expecting God to manifest his love. And manifest his work in my life, in my family, in our children, in this church, hallelujah, in your lives, hallelujah. I have great expectancy. I have great expectancy. I have great expectancy. Mm. Great expectancy. Mm. What's your heart stirred this morning with great expectancy? Great expectancy. Mm. Show us your glory, Father. These are days of glory. These are days of abounding. These are days of flourishing. Show us your glory, Father. Show us your glory. Mm. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Hallelujah. You can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Hallelujah. Old things are passed away and all things have become new. Hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Hallelujah. I'm reminded of a, a, a verse in Ezekiel chapter 21. And it's talking about the children of Israel being in bondage. And it goes on and talks about the high priest at that time. And, and it says that the high priest, his, his, his mitre is in, in part of his garment would be taken from him. And said it would be translated to another. And it says, why? It says, for what has been shall not remain the same. Why? What has been shall not remain the same. He, he was saying there's a new high priest coming. There's a new high priest coming. He's prophesying about Jesus coming. There's a new high priest coming. So what has been shall not remain the same. And I want that to be part of your expectancy. What has been shall not remain the same. Maybe even, even look inward and say the way I've been shall not remain the same. The way I've operated my finances shall not remain the same. The way I've treated other people shall not remain the same. Hallelujah. What has been shall not remain the same. Hallelujah. What has been shall not remain the same. Hallelujah. Show us your glory. Hallelujah. We don't want to be the same. Hallelujah. We don't want to be the same. Hallelujah. We want to be different, live different, act different, walk different, love different. Thank you, Father. Show us your glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That we give on a whole nother level. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. We serve on a whole nother level. Hallelujah. We treat our spouses on a whole nother level. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. What has been shall not remain the same. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your glory in this place. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Just say this with me. I'm coming up to a whole nother way of living. I'm coming up to a whole nother way of loving. Hallelujah. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.